Welcome to the 41st episode of Cartoon Avatars. Uh, this is a special bonus part one of uh, the episodes this week. I uh, I wanted to do a topical episode to talk about everything that was going on with, with Twitter uh, and go through kind of what, what's happened here in the last 10 days or so. And then the FTX news broke, um, and uh, that was, I guess, brewing a little bit over the course of this past weekend. And then on Monday, we heard a little bit more. And then uh, by Tuesday, it was announced um, that there was a agreement or at least a uh, memorandum of understanding or, or something in place, I, I forget the technical term, between Binance and, and FTX, where Binance would theoretically acquire uh, FTX, which is um, huge news in the crypto ecosystem. I, I'm kind of in shock that this this happened. And so uh, I, I asked around who was the best person to talk through what actually happened and uh, was directed to a uh, pseudonymous uh, person on Twitter, uh, Mike Burgersberg, who uh, we had a conversation with kind of talking through how everything happened. This was recorded, I guess, because all this stuff is happening in real time. Should note this was recorded late uh, Tuesday evening um, in which we were talking this through. And so uh, I guess for perspective, as as everyone hears this, just know if anything else happens. That was uh, that was when we knew, uh, or that was the point at which we had all the information. So trust you'll enjoy it. It's a uh, about a 45-minute discussion, um, goes into the history of FTX and how this ultimately played out and what the implications are for the broader crypto ecosystem. So uh, look forward to you listening to that now. And uh, pay, be on the lookout for part two uh, of this week's episodes, uh, talking through Twitter um, later this week. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I guess something of an emergency podcast here. We are joined today by Mike Burgersberg who uh, is, I guess that's a pseudonymous uh, name, but Mike is someone in the crypto ecosystem or a skeptic in the crypto ecosystem that has kind of followed deeply a lot of the different machinations that have gone on. And with uh, with FTX seemingly blowing up or selling in the last uh, the last little bit, I, I told a few people about who the best person to have on to kind of explain what happened and how we ended up here and where we go from here. And Mike was the name that actually came up twice. So Mike, maybe uh, can you give a little bit of your background and why you were recommended to me by uh, more than one person? Yeah, um, it's glad to hear that people are recommending me as an expert. Uh, it's kind of scary. Um, I didn't learn about this space until about a year ago. Um, kind of got interested in it when I found out about Tether and kind of some of the weird stuff that was going on there. And I've always had a, a long fascination with fraud going back to my throughout my whole life, just in like kind of like a curiosity. So I started looking into these things and um, ended up spending a lot of time writing and researching about the Celsius network, which was a uh, massive Ponzi scheme that was actually very closely tied to FTX in Alameda that um, collapsed back in June. Um, so I think people kind of got some attention or I kind of got some attention from that, a um, number of other articles as well. But then recently I started looking into FTX and their relationship with Celsius. And that led me to uh, kind of the realization that Alameda and FTX were in very serious financial trouble. And so, so maybe just to back up, I mean, you helped uncover elements of the Celsius, uh, the Celsius, I guess, Ponzi, as it as it would seem to to be known now. But what was your involvement in, in that and uh, the forensics that actually went into figuring out this? It was kind of a house of cards. 
Well, so, so I started out, um, I don't know. Cause like when I was first learning about crypto, like a lot of the stuff doesn't make sense to somebody who's never seen it before. Like all the weird DeFi stuff and the decentralized exchanges and all these weird protocols and things. The one thing I recognized from having this weird fascination with fraud was people going out and saying, Hey, look at us. We're these very trustworthy individuals who are offering these high rates of return with very low risk. Um, and I figured that, that was probably a good place to start. Um, and I picked Celsius because actually of the CEO who was named Alex Mashinsky, who, um, when I looked into his background, he claimed to be a very successful CEO who had invented VOIP, which would be like Skype or whatever. Um, and of course all of that was false. Um, it turned out like most of his backstory was invented or incredibly exaggerated. And, um, that was kind of the red flag that got me started down that rabbit hole was saying, okay, well, if the guy running the company who founded it is a serial liar about pretty much everything about his background, um, there has to be more to it than that. And so sort of in the process of that, um, I kind of taught myself how to use these like blockchain analytics tools and things. And, um, kind of just went from there and ended up finding some kind of interesting stuff that, you know, helped convince a lot of people to get their money out before it collapsed, which I'm, I'm proud of that part of it. Um, you know, but obviously it wasn't enough to, uh, save the day for everybody, unfortunately, but of course the nature of Ponzi is you can't save the day for everybody. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, definitely. And what definition, I guess, and this, this might seem a little pedantic, but, uh, in terms of, Ponzi's and like how you think about what what actually is a Ponzi scheme versus what is a liquidity crunch or where <laughs> where things are over levered and if you do a run on the bank in general uh, there's just not going to be enough assets because of the leverage that exists. Where do you draw the the demarcation in some of these things where? One is fraud, uh, or at least a misrepresentation and a Ponzi scheme, versus another is uh, is just leverage that exists uh, within the financial system or the crypto system, as the case may be. Here, well, I mean, that's honestly, it's a hard question um, to have a really precise answer to that doesn't offend somebody. Um, the long and short of it is, a Ponzi scheme is something that's unsustainable and does not create anything of value. And, and, and basically uh, relies on uh, paying the, the, the classical definition is that you pay back your old customers with new customers money. Um, in the case of Celsius, you know, their product supposedly was generating yield on people's assets, essentially pretending to be a bank, kind of acting more like a hedge fund. But really, they were a Ponzi because they never actually generated enough yield to pay the, the yield that they were claiming to generate. Um, so, I mean, they, they were committing fraud in that sense. They, they never actually did what they claimed to be doing. Um, and, and whether Alameda and FTX were engaged in something similar, I think you can make an argument that they were. Yeah, I mean, the Celsius one and the yields and all that was uh, particularly egregious because the yields were being paid out by the 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 pro or the the deposits from new customers as they were coming in. Right. So I guess in that sense, well, yeah, that's, very much yeah, that's it. And then the other thing, the the part of it that the part of it is novel in crypto, and I've kind of taken it to calling it a flywheel scheme because. That was the Celsius model. They called it the flywheel, which was involved using their token as a way to kind of uh, theoretically store uh, value and, and use it as a way to kind of uh, bolster their balance sheet. Um, this is what all the crypto companies are doing, essentially. Any of them that have generated a token, this is what got FTX into trouble and Alameda into trouble. Um, they essentially are using an asset that isn't really real as collateral to borrow against. 
Um, and they're able to create that through basically manipulating uh, fake markets. Yeah, I um, mean, so, so it's so kind of different. So, so let's go to the let's go to the FTX example here, uh, and, and how we ended up uh, where we are. Um, so, so may, maybe if you can give kind of a brief primer on FTX and Alameda. Uh, and the relationship between the two and then what transpired over the course of the last couple of days. Well, so I think we're still learning a lot about the relationship between those two companies because it was um, obfuscated for a long time by its founder or both the founder of both companies and the major owner of both companies, which was named as Sam Bankman-Fried. Um, Alameda, I believe, was founded first as a quote-unquote crypto, uh, crypto uh, hedge fund. So essentially trading, um, engaging in uh, market making, um, across different platforms. And then FTX was the exchange that was founded shortly thereafter by um, the same individuals. Um, and the the claim was always that in spite of the fact that they were owned by the same people, essentially controlled by the same people, and had lots of on-chain activity between the two of them, that they were somehow independent entities. Um, and it's, it looks like they were they were essentially the same entity from from every uh, rational perspective of, of how they're how entangled their finances appear to have been. Um, so, so one essentially long story short of this is that uh, FTX had generated this token called FTT um, and had kind of used that as uh, I believe it's part of like an ICO or something where they use that to fund some of their operations. Um, and I might be wrong about that because I've literally just learned about this a couple like a, a week ago or a week and a half ago. Um, and essentially, what they did was they retained most of that on their balance sheet, and then they had a small amount of it floating around out in, in space. And they manipulated the market to make it appear as though this token was worth something like, I don't know, seven or seven billion dollars worth in market cap. Um, and so they would have had like they had like six billion dollars worth on their on their balance sheet. Um, and so what happened was that, you know, nobody really knew the, the extent of this until Coindesk had a uh, leak of Alameda's balance sheet from June 30th of 2022, showing that they were holding like almost six billion dollars worth of this um, totally illiquid, worthless coin that nobody wants and nobody holds. Um, and it looked like they were actually using this as collateral to borrow from actual money against from other other platforms and under unknown individuals. We still don't know exactly who they were borrowing from. Um, essentially, so that exposed a, simple a massive level, weakness in their system. So, so at a Go simple ahead. level, like any of these coins uh, have been made up by someone, right? Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, and so in this case, SBF, Sam Brinkman, Fried, who is a uh, fascinating individual, right? And he's been on the cover of a ton of magazines, obviously. They had his bouncing head on the, as one of the, the Super Bowl ads, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he's bought naming rights for FTX of uh, the Miami Heat Stadium. They're on umpires within Major League Baseball. I think they have Cal Berkeley's football stadium. I mean, this has been sort of the company, uh, the the blue chip, if you can call it that, of the crypto yeah. ecosystem over the last uh, the last few years. And he's a fascinating individual, right? He, he believes in this effective altruism and his whole uh, goal, it seemed, and even at least as it was told to the media, his whole goal in becoming rich was to be able to give back and influence society and all that but he uh he did live in the bahamas right um i think mm -hmm. he's the the son of two stanford professors maybe um yeah. and he lived in the bahamas outside of uh u.s regulation and he uh he's been a pretty active proponent in trying to shape regulation as it exists in the crypto ecosystem within the u.s but he was set up uh 
in the Bahamas. And so I guess Stan Bankman Freed uh, had this Alameda research, which was a crypto hedge fund, quote unquote, and he made up a coin, right? Uh, and it was mm-hmm. called FTT. And then one day he said, hey, we have this coin and we're going to say it has the value of X and we're going to hold on to Y amount. And then uh, we're going to put Z amount out into the ether uh, and it's going to be a market, right? Essentially, that's right. what happened. And uh, now your point on the manipulation side was that they were actually, they would buy when they needed to make it go uh, go up in price. They would sell when they go down. They were saying it was basically this made up amount of money that they had on their balance sheet and they were able to collateralize that and say, hey, look, we have this amount of uh, of money sitting on our balance sheet. It might be in this FTT uh, token, but you should be able to lend us whatever, Solana or Bitcoin right. or, or Ether or dollars, dollars, right? Because we have dollars. this. Yeah, right. And th- this is actually pretty much the same. One of the reasons I was able to recognize this really quickly and kind of I think one of the reasons I got to it as quickly as I did was because I had seen it before with Celsius. So what Celsius did, they basically had the same scheme where they had their own token. Um, the company retained a very large portion of them on its own balance sheet and then was holding a very large amount of them um, as customer deposits. Um, so there's a very small amount floating around in the ecosystem. And essentially what Celsius was apparently doing was taking user deposits and then using them to pump the price of this coin up. So they were actually buying the token on FTX it looks like they bought over 40 million of their token. It would have been like a couple hundred million dollar expenditure at least um, over about a year um, to drive the price of that token up. And then around that period of time is when uh, Celsius uh, announced their uh, massive equity uh, raise with Westcap and the uh, Canadian pension fund, La CDPQ, uh, for $750 million. So in, their, in that instance, what they did was they used this token to make their balance sheet look healthy. So that people who maybe were, despite being institutional investors, maybe not very sophisticated investors, at least as far as crypto was concerned, and they looked at this balance sheet and said, oh, look at this. They have all this. They have like a billion dollars in net equity. They're going to be fine. Uh, and of course, reality that none of that actually was real. Um, and once and once the company uh, was under financial pressure from uh, sort of withdrawals and essentially they weren't you know, making enough money to pay out uh, uh, the yield. They weren't able to support the price of the token anymore, and it collapsed. And that's basically what we just saw happen with FTT. Um, only difference with FTT, only yeah, difference with FTT is that they made a little mistake and uh, they gave their biggest competitor uh, something like ten percent of the market cap as part of his buyout deal because at one time he owned a chunk of FTX. But yeah, and I want to get to I want to get to how Binance fits into all this. But I, I guess in general, right? If I were to take a more um, effectively altruistic view of what happened here. Like, isn't, isn't this essential? Shouldn't this have been known to the people that were involved that, uh, that this was, this was going on? And I guess I'm, I'm curious as to what the, the malicious and cynical element of this whole thing is. To some extent, like you could make the case that all of commercial paper and how the U.S. system actually works for, for the economy is, uh, some elements of, a shared belief system that exists between people about what different things are worth. And ultimately we've, we've done away with the gold uh, standard, right? Uh, and so there's, there's not things backing uh, these, uh, the, these institutions in the way that there once was. And we saw what happened with, with Bear and Lehman uh, 
course of uh, the financial crisis as well. And so I guess as we're kind of unpacking this, what, what do you think the the malicious or the the cynical element of this whole thing uh, unwinding? Was there something specifically that you would point to that seemed like it was most um, nef- nefarious or is is it just the extent to which it could unwind and how quickly it did unwind that makes it, you know, if it looks like a quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it is a duck. Well, so the first, the first part of that, you know, there's, there is a, you know, the good, the philosophical argument, what is a Ponzi? That's what kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning. When you asked me that question, people will say, oh, well, governments are Ponzi's because they print money and they have debt. And I mean, okay, maybe, I guess the difference is that uh, we're not talking about a company based in the Bahamas tied to criminals. Yeah. Right. That's the difference. Uh, which one's going to collapse first is the kind of the point that I'm trying to make. Right. Um, in terms of what's egregious and what, I mean, these guys, of course they know what they're doing. I mean, come on, like Sam, Sam Bankman fried, like whatever else he is, not a dumb guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, like maybe he's not as smart as everybody thought he was. I mean, clearly, uh, cause who gets themselves locked into this kind of, uh, stupid Ponzi scam, right? Um, but uh, they know what they're doing. Of course, they know what they're doing, and they what they're doing is they're using this as a way to suck real money out of suckers. That's all this. This all this system is designed to do is what it's designed to do back in 2017 when they were all having their ICOs with their fake companies. It's the same scam that's been run over and over again throughout history, just using blockchain as an excuse rather than something else. So, so your, uh, so, so all this uh, was discovered. There was a uh, June thirtieth balance sheet of Alameda Research, which is the hedge fund associated with FTX. So, so maybe mm-hmm. uh, up to that part in the story, uh, c- can you take us to what happened uh, after that, in particular, where CZ and Binance get involved? Yeah, and uh, it's funny because like it happened so quickly, and I'm still kind of processing all of it. Um, so uh, Coindesk published this article. Um, I have my own sources essentially confirming that it was correct and uh, actually some more details about just how much money they have. Because it turns out FTT isn't the only uh, scam, worthless, totally illiquid token that Alameda has in very large size on their balance sheet. They have a number, number of other tokens linked to other projects that uh, were kind of uh, pioneered by Sam and his colleagues, um, also totally worthless. Um, another over a billion dollars worth on their balance sheet, in addition to the 5.8 billion in uh, FTT. Anyway, uh, so you know, I, I published an article that showed basically just because the Coindesk article was was good, but all I did was say, hey, they have a bunch of this token. So all I did was take it one step further and say, hey, they have a lot of this token, and this token is worthless, and here's why. And it's very simple to prove that because, like we've already talked about, it, it's just simple market mechanics. If you own 95% of the market and nobody else wants to own what you have is worth nothing or very close to nothing. Um, so I published that and then uh, it got a lot of attention. And then uh, I believe it was Sunday morning. I got somebody. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, saying, when hey, did that, when did just a, just a timestamp all this stuff. So sorry. the Coindesk article yeah. came out when, uh, when, when was uh, that originally I, published? I think Thursday. And, and they didn't leave look. any, was there any, was there a implication that they left uh, in that article about like, hey, what does this mean, dot, dot, dot? Or was it like, hey, this is an interesting thing uh, and uh, just moved uh, on? They hinted at it. I mean, somebody, anybody who 
who like I if like you just look at it and read it, you can tell that there's a problem here. But the thing is what they didn't show was that, you know, you know, you can argue that there's no value in anything in crypto. I'm yeah. I'm totally amenable to that argument, right? Bitcoin is worthless possible. Maybe it has some intrinsic value. I don't know. But the difference is that you can show very easily that these tokens are worthless. And that's the step that they didn't take. And that's the step that I did take. And I think that's why my work got a little, a little attention as a result. And um, I want to zoom in. I, I'll, I just want to talk about that for a second. The distinction of this being worthless versus every other coin, I guess, uh, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the distinction that you would draw is just the number of people that agree uh, Bitcoin's worth something it is a lot. I don't know what the number is. But there's there's thousands, if not millions of transactions a day uh, on fractionalized Bitcoin and people collectively agreeing, hey, you know, once upon a time it was 69,000, then it became 20, 18, 16, whatever, we're fluctuating. But there are tons of people that are collectively trading and agreeing that this is worth something and there's a price here. The, the right. distinction on this one specifically is there's not a lot of people agreeing that there's a market for this to be worth anything, right? Yeah, it's not, and it's not only that, it's that none of the other participants in the market are significant participants, right? Like yeah. if one entity owns, you know, like well over 80% and then another entity, which is Binance owns another like 10%. Uh, and the rest probably is owned. honestly, a lot of it's probably owned by FTX. It's probably not, it's not an Alameda's balance sheet, but it's, you know what I mean? Like it's almost entirely owned by them. Um, yeah, that means that it's, it's not realizable assets if you can't sell it. So that was long and short of it is it's obvious. Right. Yeah. If, if, like, like, again, like it's kind of going back to like, is the government a Ponzi scheme? I mean, maybe, but if I'm going to bet on a Ponzi scheme to collapse, it's going to be the one based in the Bahamas run by criminals before the government. Right. Yeah. Well, um, and the government has, uh, yes, I, I don't mean to over extrapolate I mean, the government yeah, analogy, they, but, but, uh, the government has, uh, we, we've clearly collectively agreed as a, as United States and also as for the most part, the world that they're that the system works and that it's there's some sort of value associated with the dollar, and we can argue about inflation. But uh, people will take dollars in exchange for something, and we have at least 300 million people in the U.S. that are willing to ascribe some value to the U.S. dollar in exchange for goods or services. Right in this case, right. that that is not true. Um, so 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 now this article published the end of last week, and. Uh, you, your spidey senses kind of go off and say, hey, that's a lot of uh, FTT and Solana and whatever else for them yeah. to have. Basically, yeah, I could, that, that would be a. I had some other information, too, but yeah, essentially. Um, and once they published it, I, I felt comfortable going ahead with my analysis. Um, and because I'd already been looking into them extensively because of the connection with Celsius, I already had like annotated a lot of the wallets and I could kind of check some of the work. Um, and was familiar with kind of the general architecture of how these kind of scams work. So it was pretty straightforward. Um, so on the fourth, I published that. Um, it started getting a lot of attention. And then on the sixth in the morning, somebody messaged me saying, hey, you know, CZ, Bi uh, CZ, the guy who runs the Binance Exchange, has liked your post. And so I go to his account or his uh, thing on Twitter. And sure enough, he's liked my, my FUD article, which, you know, historically, uh, anybody who publishes anything critical in crypto uh, gets attacked by everybody. Typically, they, they all circle the wagons, regardless of whether they're competitors or not. Everybody circles the wagons and and protects each other and says, well, it's part of the community and we don't hurt the community, even if it's obvious that there's a fraud going on. Um, but in this instance, he's liking my post. And then a short time later, he he uh, 
we know that he moves a vast amount of his FTT token, some $580 million worth from a cold wallet to one of the Binance exchange wallets. And then a short time later, he tweets out, oh, by the way, uh, I read some stuff that makes me concerned and I'm going to liquidate all of it. And uh, so just to, just to back up uh, on 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 this. So the crypto community, and I think this is true of, I mean, the 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 banking system back in 2008 or whatever, but when uh, it's better to be a smaller fish uh, that's a part of something that's worth uh, more than it is to try to survive as a bigger fish of something that's worth uh, less or or near zero, right? And so collectively, yeah, well, uh, go ahead. I think that, see, yeah, that's what, that's exactly what we're going to get to is that the calculus of this equation has changed. That used to be true. And I think what's happened now with uh, everything else that's happening in the world, uh, there probably isn't a lot of actual dollars left in the ecosystem. And uh, the Ponzi's are eating one another because it's all they can do. So what they've decided CZ is an example of this. I mean, he's had these tokens sitting around for a long time. He could have done this at any time. He chose and now. CZ, and just to back up on this, CZ was an investor in FTX, right? Originally right. when it was getting going. CZ right. is, he he was a Chinese citizen, uh, is a Chinese citizen. What What's what's Binance's affiliation? They've been, uh, of, do, is, uh, is that a third uh, rail topic? Have you, well, no, have you, I mean, uh, the Tai Chi papers, have you come across no, that? No, 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 I don't oh. know. Oh, yeah, they have documents. I can't remember from what year, a couple of years ago, um, internal documents from Binance, essentially. No one knows where Binance is based. And that's actually an intentional move by them to try to avoid regulations, which obviously should be a major red flag for anybody. Uh, as far as I know, CZ never lives in one place for very long. He's not constantly on the move, as is his company. Uh, they don't have, as far as I know, they don't have a, official headquarters anywhere. Uh, and so, so if if Sam Brakefried was uh, living in the Bahamas, but coming to the United States and trying to appear before Congress, and you know, was born to Stanford professors or whatever the case may be, uh, and went to Harvard and you know uh, all of that, the uh, CZ is much more of the. Uh, the black cat in this situation, right? CZ is the I mean, the one. I don't know if that's fair. Like they're all, or they're so all, it appeared. So it appeared, I guess, prior to all I of guess. this being uncovered. That's true to some extent. I mean, Sam definitely played that up, and that's there's a lot of speculation about why why did CZ do this to Sam? You know, uh, I mean, part of it is that Sam was shitting on CZ for a long time, saying like, I remember there. I think the quote was like. He was basically because he was going to Washington D.C. to lobby these people. He made he made a comment basically like, "Oh well, CZ can't go to to D.C. implying that he's going to get arrested or something." Which, I mean, there are there have been reports that there are multiple uh, law enforcement investigations into Binance, so it's very possible that he would have some issues should he arrive in in uh, Washington D.C. and start lobbying people. But um, Sam was saying this stuff publicly, and people are uh, hypothesizing that maybe that's part of the reason why. Um, uh, CZ decided to uh, take him out. Um, I think it's a little more obvious than that. He just got to take out his largest competitor. And I, I think that there's a reason for it that goes deeper than just uh, personal animosity. I think it's probably that. It might just be a, just as much a move of desperation than anything, but I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, so, so so at that point, so CZ likes your post. You you have all this analysis uh, that says, hey, there's there's probably not a lot of on the balance sheet uh, here that exists in any uh, 
liquid currency that can actually be exchanged in a meaningful way for for dollars, right? Um, or whatever, for, for anything that actually has a mainstream market. And so CZ likes this post and then says, hey, I'm noticing some things uh, that associated with the FTT token specifically, right? Because they had been gifted mm-hmm. right. uh, or the, part of the buyout was that that Binance had, uh, as part uh, of being a an investor, part of the buyout was that they got some percentage of FTT tokens uh, to right. in exchange for their equity. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would say, like, I don't want to take credit for it. Like, I'm sure... I mean, come on, the CZ is the industry, the biggest, the runs the biggest exchange in the world. He's been involved in this business far longer than me or probably just about anybody else. There's no way he didn't know that this FTT token was worthless and that Alameda had a, had a problem with it. I'm sure he's known that for a while and probably just said, I mean, I don't want to say that he orchestrated this because it's, I mean, who knows, but uh, at the very least he saw an opportunity to capitalize on the attention and kind of spark a bank run. I think that was the intention. Definitely. I mean, and there's so, only, that's so the only reason you would do what he did. I wanted to give you credit, but I appreciate your humility in passing it off. So, I mean, maybe so I what, did. I don't know, but yeah. probably not. I don't know. It could have been me, though. Uh, so, so what? Uh, so, what was it that? So, then what transpired? He said, "Hey, I, I've seen things that lead me to believe that this, uh, this doesn't actually add up." And he started dumping his FPT. Yeah, I mean, and we don't even actually know if he sold any or or very much. Um, Basically, what he said is, okay, well, I have all this, all of this token. I'm going to sell it over a kind of an undisclosed period of time uh, to try and quote unquote not hurt the market. Basically, telling you he's going to bleed Sam out to dry. Um, and then he subsequently actually made other posts, like essentially comparing FTX to the Luna Terra collapse um, and other things. Basically, and it's funny because it's like at the same time he's going, well, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt the industry. I don't want to hurt anybody i just want to get you know i want to separate and finish this this divorce he called it a divorce between the two companies uh, that's what that's I mean, obviously what said on twitter about this yeah, I, he referred to it as a, as a divorce between the two companies it's like well we, it's time for us to like end the end the marriage or whatever and like come on like there's only one reason if you really wanted to sell the tokens he could have gone to ftx and alameda and said hey guys i want to sell uh you know you don't want me to go into the market and try to sell this so what are you going to give me like if that had been his goal, right? If he, his goal had been to make money off of this thing, that's what he would have done. Uh, instead, he's essentially allowed the market to front run him. So why would he do that unless his goal was something other than to make money off of this deal? Yeah. So so CZ has, has this FTT. Uh, he says, hey, I, I don't believe in this. And at that point... Uh, it started speculation that um, the strengths of coupled with the some of the analysis that you did, as well as potentially others, coupled with uh, the, the CoinDesk article, it started a run on FTX with people starting to make withdrawals in, uh, in real time, trying to get their money out. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's basically the it's very simple. Yeah. And so when fear exists in general, while all this stuff goes on, right? And, and so as we kind of uh, zoom out to the overall ecosystem here, when 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 there's fear that your bank isn't going to have your money or that any depository uh, institution isn't going to have your money, people uh, generally panic and they start withdrawing or trying to get their hands on their money, right? And so uh, so that that happened. And if you're levered in any meaningful way, meaning 
hey, maybe you've uh, you've lent beyond what you actually have stored in the in the bank at any one time. Uh, then there's going to there's going to be liquidity crunches that exist, right? And, and uh, much in the same way, if I walked into my bank and uh, you know with um, LeBron James and LeBron tried to ask for his $100 million that he he has sitting in one bank, they would probably say, hey, we need a little bit of time back to you. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you're levered at all, um, you you might need a little bit of time to get back to some of the people. Now, the issue here was that there there wasn't actually a path uh, based on that balance sheet to get the money back to people because they were levered based on this illiquid asset. So people well, so started. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing to, to specify here, though, is that the balance sheet belongs to Alameda Research. This is not FTX's balance sheet. It's the it's the balance sheet of this supposedly entirely separate company. It's not FTX. So the fact that okay, it sparks this it sparks this rumor that Alameda is in trouble. So people say, well, Alameda and FTX are related, so maybe we should pull out. The fact of the matter is, in theory, right. If, if what they were saying was true and FTX wasn't lending their customers' assets to FTX, or sorry, FTX wasn't lending their customers' assets to Alameda, Alameda sh- failing shouldn't necessarily have any effect on whether or not uh, FTX can give their customers their deposits back. Yeah, so no, that, that makes what, sense. What so so these two things were too, too intertwined, uh, right? They were supposedly the- separate, but they weren't. That's essentially what we find out and what people always kind of knew, but we probably nobody believed or suspected the extent of the um the closeness between these two companies um i mean you can look on chain so so we were talking about the bank run people start withdrawing massive amounts of money from ftx where does the money to pay out the withdrawals come from well it turns out that a very substantial amount of that money comes through alameda's wallets so Alameda yeah. is sending money back to ftx it proves that, that beyond any doubt that they had ftx's deposits and, and then the other thing you have to consider here is we talk about a liquidity crunch versus insolvency. Um, FTX was valued at $32 billion very recently by equity raises. So yep. if they're willing to give themselves, essentially give themselves their base competitor and probably wipe out most or all of that equity, that has to tell you that it's not only a liquidity issue. They couldn't find anybody to front them the money for that if they, if they, actually, had, if they actually had the assets. They should have been able to find somebody to give them some sort of deal to front them the assets to pay back the customers while they were, you know, retrieving those assets. What that tells me is that they're almost certainly insolvent, not just illiquid. And so what does this mean for the, so, so, so obviously now what was announced earlier is that, uh, I guess it's a memorandum of understanding or intent or something, uh, where non-binding agreement, non-binding agreement. Where Binance has the ability to get out of uh, buying FTX, but it seems uh, that, at least as it stands right now, that Binance is going to buy uh, FTX as far as as far as we know, or what's been published. I, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, if you look at if you look at what I mean, obviously we're just going off of what has been tweeted out into the into the atmosphere here. Um, CZ is very clear that this is a non-binding agreement. They haven't even started due diligence for this agreement yet. So I would not, I mean, and there was an article uh, from uh, Bloomberg Crypto that I thought was incredibly irresponsible because their title, and there's other places that have done this too, where the, the headline is Binance is going to buy them. There's no, there's no formal agreement here. They have no obligation to do anything. Uh, 
This isn't Elon Musk, you know, buying Twitter accidentally, then being forced to yeah. actually, you know, go through with it. This is them saying, hey, we might buy you maybe if we want to. Uh, but there's no there's no guarantees here. I would not I would not count that chicken before it hatches. Let's put it that way. And, and so what does this mean in your mind for the ecosystem at large? This happened to Celsius, right? FTX yeah. is one of the the biggest names out there. Binance isn't a name that people uh, that that are in the mainstream know. Uh, I think FTX probably is, and Coinbase is probably the most uh, notable. What what's your Obviously, we've seen the, uh, you know, I think Bitcoin was down today. Uh, Ethereum was down today. Like a bunch of the market was pulled down by this. What's your opinion on what this means for the ecosystem at large? And are we going to see more and more of this happening or, or what's your take there? Well, um, first to clarify, so my my conflicts of interest here, um, I don't do not own crypto. I do not own Bitcoin, have never owned crypto, uh, do not own, have never owned Bitcoin, have never traded it. Um, I do own some puts on Coinbase, um, based just as much as on their, um, I think really poor management as anything, but, um, so that my, my opinion would be colored by my financial, um, interests, but, um, I think that anytime something is big, like this is the equivalent of like, I mean, is it, is it comparable to like a Lehman brothers type situation? Yeah, absolutely. No question. I mean. FTX is one of the most valuable companies in the in this entire in this entire quote unquote industry. Alameda is tied to everybody and was one of the biggest market makers. I mean, Alameda pulled thirty. Think about this. Alameda had thirty over thirty billion dollars worth of the Tether stablecoin issued to them over their lifetime. Thirty billion dollars. They were the probably one of the largest, if not the largest, market maker out there. So when they're gone, I mean, I don't know if you can predict what's going to happen because we don't even know who their counterparties are. You know. Uh, but I mean, and I'm seeing numbers flowing around anywhere from between $1 billion hole to a six to $7 billion hole in their balance sheet. Uh, Celsius was like 2 billion. So I think that it could have very serious repercussions. I mean, three, uh, three year old capital, I think was like 2 billion as well. So this thing dwarfs them. FTX these are feeling, other, these are other three, three arrows is another hedge fund that yeah. went, uh, that Thrills, yeah, Thrills was well. just a really dumb, was like really dumb. Like that was like, obvious, like really dumb. Um, I think that was a couple billion dollar hole as well. That got basically filled up. Um, a couple big counterparties got, well, Voyager digital, which was a publicly traded company in Canada, uh, which was also like a crypto bank slash exchange. They went bankrupt because they had such large exposure to, uh, three arrows capital. And then FTX was going to bail out Voyager. Obviously they're not going to be doing that anymore. So right there, right there, there's a casualty. Um, I think we're going to have some interesting times ahead of us. That's all I can. That's all I can say. I, I honestly can't tell you. Um, I'm trying to work on that now. I mean, this is something I do as a hobby. Uh, I don't get make any money from it, so it's kind of like I do it when I have time. Um, but I'm trying to figure out who's who's the next body to float to the surface. Um, I definitely think there are going to be some bodies, though. So and and, and much in that same way, who's holding? whatever Solana or who's holding uh, other people with FTT that they are levered against just who else are going to have these exactly. uh, who are the counterparties? Who are the counterparties that sit opposite of this? Um, right. What, uh, and so, so what's your, um, what's your perspective on, uh, and I don't want you to psychoanalyze, but it sounds like uh, to, from your perspective on the way in, like how we ended up in this position uh, it seems 
at least if I'm reading your 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 tone here, it seems like you felt like this is an inevitability that this would happen at some point, and that how it came to be with CZ posting on on Twitter and all the speculation and all that. It was just a matter of time if someone if someone did this. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it didn't have to necessarily go this way. There's a number of different ways it could collapse, but at the end of the day, you can only get a, away with creating money out of thin air for so long, unless you're the United States government. Okay. Like you can, if you can create these fake tokens and spin up billions of dollars in value and borrow all these assets and everything else, but at some point you're going to have to pay it back. Some point, somebody's going to say, Hey, I want my money. Uh, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next month, a year, it's going to happen. And uh, clearly, you know, Celsius was, I, I mean, in my opinion, and not to discredit myself because I worked very hard on it, it was a pretty obvious Ponzi scam to me. I mean, it's like the classic example of what a Ponzi scam looks like. FTX was considered a really legitimate business. I mean, literally $32 billion valuation. Totally. Right? Some, oh, I mean, some of the most credible venture investors in yeah, the uh, Tom in the Brady, world. right? They have Tom Brady as their face. I mean, think about it. They bought Tom Brady. That's pretty good. Like, yeah. they named it a stadium. They had literally the, the, you mentioned the umpires and I forgot to say, literally the, the, when I saw, when I saw FTX on the, on the umpires uniforms, I just like the, the, like the irony of that. And I'm sure that was, I mean, sure. Sam thought that was funny. He had been laughing his ass off. Right. I mean, I, I, he had to have, unless he just has no sense of humor. I mean, like, come on. Right. That's like Bernie Madoff. Uh, putting his name on the referees in the NFL or something like kidding me. So it's, it seems, it seems like you're, uh, and obviously far more stuff is going to come out of this, but, but you think all along, uh, the, the people within FTX knew what was going on here and it was, it was just a matter of time, uh, that this, I mean, I think that, service. I think the people, at the top had to have known. Um, I mean, my, from my experience looking at Celsius, I think a lot of the employees there are not to really be held to blame because they really didn't know. Um, I mean, what they were told was incomplete information. Um, and so I'm guessing a lot of the people working for them had no clue that they were what they were. Um, I mean, if you're think about if you work, if you're not the person working in the like department of the the company that's moving assets around, right. You're not going to know that they're sending all the assets off to Sam, Sam's sister company. You know, so probably it's very possible very few people actually knew what was happening um, and saw the glitzy offices and the big investments and Tom Brady and all this other stuff and the names on all these stadiums and everything and thought, oh, well, has to be legitimate, which is the same story that happens every, I mean, you can go back to history, happens every time. Enron was the same thing, right? Uh, Very few people knew Enron was a scam. There's a very small group of people that actually knew that inside the company. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Sam had to have known for a long time that this was coming. I mean, the, the, the head, the former head of Alameda, his name is another Sam, Sam Trabuco. Um, he actually departed just a few months ago and everybody was kind of speculating, well, why would he do that? Why would he leave this company that he's been at for so long? And I guess we know the answer now. Would, and, and the way this actually plays out for Sam, obviously this is going to take a long bit of unwinding to figure out who all the counterparties are and all of that. Um, he's based in the Bahamas, which, uh, I don't know what reciprocity exists there, but it there is reciprocity. Like be, there is. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I feel bad for the guy. 
maybe he'll go to Dubai or something. I don't know what's possible. Maybe he'll join um he'll join uh what's his name? The guys from uh Three Arrows, I think, are supposedly hiding out there too, and they can all hide out together. Um and they can plot their comeback. Maybe they can have a new token or something. Well, it's certainly uh it's sad uh to see how all of this played out and in some ways uh I mean I guess And there's a lot more to it. come. There's a lot more. What and like what what I, I posted this a little while ago, but you know, when Celsius first went under, they were saying the hole was maybe a few hundred million dollars. It ended up being like two point four billion. Um, so my guess is whatever number we're hearing right now, it will probably be bigger. Um and it will take Do time. It's not like Go ahead. Do you think this bleeds over into the to the U.S. actual economy? I mean, I don't know. There are a couple of banks. I am also uh, another disclaimer. I am short Signature Bank, which operates Signet, which is a stable coin thing. They're I think they're affiliated with uh, USDC. Um, actually, it turned out Celsius had accounts there too, which I didn't obviously didn't know that before. I, I went short them, but um, there's Silvergate Bank and there's Signature Bank, which are very involved in the stable coin industry. And a very large portion of their deposits are stablecoin related deposits. Um, my speculation is that they've been also lending to the VC firms and things that are associated with crypto, but I have not a lot of evidence of that. But um, I think it's possible that some folks maybe get burned in the real world. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. There's a lot of VC firms that had put a lot of money into FTX um, that in that equity no longer exists. I mean, even if it turned out, even if tomorrow FTX said, oh, hey, actually, you know what, guys, we have all the money. We'll pay you guys out. Nobody's going to use their, like, they're, they're done, right? They're, 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 their brand is destroyed. Whatever is left is not worth anything. And so there are some, there are some big name VC firms, and I don't remember all the names, so you have to look it up. Uh, it's all public. Uh, there's yeah. some very big names that got burned big time on this. Oh, so totally. at the very least, I'm what's going to happen? Lot of them. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're not rattling them off. I'm friends with a lot of them. So. Oh, you want me to pull? You want me to pull the name up? I can do no, that. No, no, uh, thank you. No, thank you. I prefer uh, you didn't. I mean, I, well, that's definitely something for the for the viewers to do. Go, yeah, well, do, why not do your own do research. Their... Do your own yeah. research. Um, but uh, the fact is that if if all these guys get burned in a big way, um, they're going to be a little less eager to uh, invest further in this crypto space. You're also going to have less interest in supporting these projects further when they come back to them begging for more money. Uh, so even if a certain uh, projects aren't directly exposed to this, I think it's going to have a very big effect on the psychology of investing in this space and long term is going to uh, have very significant consequences because FTX is a very different animal from what Celsius was or from what 3AC was or what Luna and Terra were. It's, it's a different, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for doing this. This is, yeah. uh, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, time to be studying all this stuff. And uh, it seems like you do this out of, uh, out of your own um, hobby to find these types of things. So um, yeah, I appreciate you, you uncovering some of these things on the side on your own.